mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Okay, so it is um, currently Saturday, June 25th, 2022. We're about, whatever it is, four or five days away from uh, Kyrie having to make his uh, decision about what he's going to do, whether he's going to opt in and maybe extend or opt in and get traded or opt out and possibly sign a deal with the Nets and re-sign or opt out and then try to get signed and traded, which as um, a lot of people have said would be more unlikely due to the hard cap issues. But I just felt the need um, with a couple of days um, to go until Kyrie has to make his big decision just to kind of analyze the landscape of everything going on because I think a lot of the stuff that's been said on both sides of the issue, whether you're pro-Kyrie or anti-Kyrie, I think has been a bit disingenuous and a bit taken out of context and whatnot. Um, So let me start off by saying I think I'm pretty, at this point right now, and obviously I'm a fan, so my thoughts and opinions will change. Um, I'm pretty pretty mixed right now about how I feel about about Kyrie coming back. I think that if, if they can't get upwards of 50 to like 60 to 70 percent on the dollar for him that I think you have to bring him back but um because I do think at the end of the day you want to put on the most talent uh that you can take on, on the on the floor but you know I do think that we've hit a certain juncture with this guy and with this team where it does feel like one way or another um uh that there needs to be some sort of reset and you know, he's talked a lot about how he wants to get paid max money when nobody is offering him max money and, uh, or sorry, a, a max deal in terms of years and money. And that's not going to change anytime soon. Like, you know, I've, I've said this on Twitter a lot and I feel very confident. In it. You know, if, if someone like, uh, as if someone like Devin Booker or, you know, cause I don't want to give a top tier free agent to prove my point even more. If someone like Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell or someone like that was a free agent and there were teams that, and there were teams with this current cap structure that just don't have cap space, teams would move heaven and earth in order to get space for him. They just would. They would be, they would be attaching picks to get rid of bad salary. They would be attaching good players on, on big money deals in order to get salary so that they could, so that they could sign him. That is what you do. There is not one team right now besides arguably the Knicks who are actually doing it for another player who has a 10th of the talent that Kyrie has in Jalen Brunson, who's doing that and who's trying to move heaven and earth for him. Like, and that to me says enough, <laughs> enough on its own. This is not a situation where in 2010, where every team is trying to clear out cap space for LeBron and Bosch and Wade and, Paul Pierce and Dirk Nowitzki and, and all the other people who were uh, a part of the 2010 free agency class. This is just not what's happening. This isn't even what's, what was happening when when uh, Kyrie himself was a free agent three years ago and the Nets cut salary in order to in, in order to get a deal done to get Kyrie and KD um, making that that Torian Prince trade and whatnot. Like that's just not what's 
that's just not what's happening. It just it just isn't. The guy doesn't have a market, and I think for a lot of Nets fans who continue to um, uh, hold a ton of water for Kyrie, for you for you to not understand that the league doesn't view him as dependable is not some uh, uh, just absolute strike against him and that everyone else is in the wrong and that you guys are seeing the light. This is a guy who has played half of the games that he's uh, that, that he's been able to play over the last uh, over the last three years. And to be honest, I'm no, I, there's no one in the world that likes to give Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons less credit than I than I do. But the guy over the last six years has created fires wherever he goes. And I have friends who root for the Cavs and root for the Celtics, and they told me everything that that that's happened here was going to happen. And I was just as naive as every other uh, as every other Nets fan. But this is a dude who, as Bill S- Simmons said, to go uh, back to what I was saying has, you know, dined on this 2016 shot that at this point happened six years ago when the dude was a different, uh, was, a, was, was a different player. He might have been a different person. I don't really know what it is. And I think that Kyrie is pound for pound. And I should have said this off the top so that people don't label me as whatever. But I think Kyrie pound for pound is the most talented basketball player of all time. I truly do think that. I've never seen somebody that can do what he does. I think that, like... He's obviously uh, athletically limited to a certain extent the way, you know, uh, it, so that he's not in the same stratosphere as like a Michael Jordan or uh, a LeBron. But I just think pound for pound for his size and what he's able to do, there's no one who's basically mastered the sport of basketball like him. But, you know, you can, you can only say that so much and still like th- think that it has any amount of uh, amount of practicality anymore. Like – this has been a three-year run that has had stuff every single year. And for anyone who wants to give an excuse for each thing that he's done every single year, it's fine. But, like, you can't say that other superstar players haven't uh, – uh, you can't say that other superstar players around the league have had the same amount of commotion that's gone uh, around him. When it comes to, you know, his first year calling out uh, calling out other teammates and, like, not mentioning Joe Harris and whatnot um, – his everything that happened with the bubble and not wanting to play when he when it was like six months after the surgery for a surgery that wasn't supposed to even take that long and his protest against the uh, against the bubble. Um, if you want to also talk about the his his the weird way that he handled his shoulder surgery with the Nets, which I don't even think we've gotten the full story about. If you go to um, last year, uh, uh, not even this past year, the year before that, I mean, like, people now talk about the sabbatical when he left for two weeks as if it's nothing because LeBron has done that or whatever. Like, I'm sorry, there's a difference between Kyrie Irving doing something and LeBron doing something. Like, th- that's number one. And LeBron, I actually do think when he did that, there was some type of injury. With Kyrie, he talked about the fact that, or it's been leaked, that it had something to do with the with the insurrection when we saw him at a party during a pandemic with his, with his face mask off, like where people were, where like bodies are in the street. Like you, you, enough of these things happen and you add it up and you couple that with everything that happened with the vaccine this year and comments he made even in his pro, press conference of not mentioning Steve Nash and stuff like that. It's just a lot. And it's, even if none of these things are that big, which I think that's an, um, an argument within itself, it's basically death by a thousand paper cuts at, at, at bare minimum. And so I think that it's just disingenuous to kind of say that this hasn't been tiresome. And maybe I'm not as uh, – maybe I have less tolerance for some of this stuff. But I don't know. I, I At this point, I don't know many Nets fans besides the few – like Kyrie stands that are mixed with nets that really think that, you know, everything is, uh, is all hunky dory. Um, but 
so, but I want to go back to kind of everything going on with him and his contract situation, which is that, like, at this point, I think that the way that the Nets have handled this is, it, it's funny, it's twofold. On the one hand, from a public from a public perception perspective, it's in some ways I could understand why someone would think it's a nightmare. It's like this public negotiation that is basically being done between insiders and between like podcasts and whatnot. And it just looks totally unprofessional. And if I was a player, it, it, I could understand being like this Nets team is run totally bizarrely at the same time, you know, this is a business and there's no one out there. As I said, off the top, who's offering Kyrie a certain amount of money and whatnot. And you know, this idea that he's this like coveted guy, like the Kyrie, the name is so much different than Kyrie, the, the player in 2022 slash the asset. Because if those two things were the same, there would be teams, as I mentioned off the top, to go full circle that would be clearing their books in order to get them. But they're not. And because they're not, the Nets are also trying to, like, you know, play the markets also. It's a free market with, with, uh, with everything uh, as, it, uh, as it pertains to free agents. And so this notion that the Nets should just give him five, five years because they should give him five years is kind of crazy. And moreover, I see people on Twitter constantly talking about the – the, the ego of Sean Marks and whatnot, and that he's not giving like uh, Kyrie and, he, and he's putting his foot down. Sean Marks is still right now, for all we know, giving as much or more than what any other team is willing to offer. Because if another team was willing to offer Kyrie more, we would hear about it. We would know that they have interest. But half the, I think two thirds of the teams that have been mentioned don't even have interest in him. The Lakers can only give him a, a tax MLE, and that's a team that's the most interested in him. And they would give him a max if they could, but they're so capped out anyway. The Heat have, have seemed to have limited interest. The Clippers, it's been reported by Zach Lowe, have no interest. The Sixers aren't interested. The Mavericks aren't really interested. Like, and, then the, and, and the Knicks are going after a guy in Jalen Brunson who is not even in the same stratosphere as him. So it's, I, like, I just think that this whole – this whole bargaining standpoint from the Kyrie perspective is, is, is bizarre. But look, at the same time, uh, to, to play devil's advocate, I also think that upsetting KD is, is, uh, is not a smart move one way or another. And I think that if, if this is something that actually truly is going to you know, make him want to leave or consider leaving or whatever, then nothing like that is worth it because the guy is the best player in basketball, arguably, with Giannis and and Luca and whoever. Um, but I personally think, and this is from what I've seen, I don't think that KD is glued to him. I just don't. Like, I I mean, he like his comments saying we're gonna be friends no matter what sounds like a guy who wants to who who understands that they're they they have they have a friendship that goes beyond basketball, but he also doesn't want to be seen as attached at the hip with him. Um, and I think that, you know, KD came here, he has a business here. He, in the Logan, Logan Murdoch article, he talks about how much he loves living in New York. Um, he is, is, he's the focal point. And I mean, I know that he says that he's not, you know, like, uh, uh, like the GM and whatnot, but based off of everything that you hear, he clearly is running the show in Brooklyn. Uh, and I think with all of this, and I think with all of that said, like, this idea that KD is going to bolt when he just saw the Warriors win a title and he's just going to leave for the sake of leaving, uh, or he, he's going to, or, sorry, the idea that he's going to leave because Kyrie is gone, I think would show that he's even more attached at the hip with him. And I think that's not like what, what he's looking for. And I think that at this stage in his life, if there's anything I got from the Logan Murdoch article, it's that he really 
loves his life and likes what and, and likes what's going on here in um here in uh, Brooklyn. And to be honest, I think that if he totally if he a thousand percent wanted Kyrie back and was making that beyond known, I think everyone in the world would know. And he would and, and he would stomp his feet and, and and make it loud. Why would he Why would he passive aggressively act like he does want Kyrie but doesn't actually want to um but but doesn't actually want to say it if it might end up leaving the Kyrie leaving and then he's stuck if it, if in the end his his uh, end goal is for Kyrie is for him and Kyrie to be together. The dude, if he wanted to, could get this done in a second. He could be like, look, sh- like Sean Marks, Josiah, I want this guy right now. If not, I'm going to put up the biggest stink of all time. But that's, not what, but that's not what he's doing. Maybe he will do that. We'll see. But I think this idea that Sean Marks is playing this ego game and that he's willing to jeopardize blowing up KD, who he, by the way, like uh, stripped everything down that he built in order to get KD here, is, is lunacy. And Sean Marks also knows that the team has no picks. This team can't go into like, quote unquote, rebuilding mode. They just, they just can't. Like this, that's not what's going on here. And so... I think this idea that he's, you know, completely, you know, uh, that Sean Marks is going off the grid and uh, and is is doing things that might end up jeopardizing Katie wanting to leave immediately. I just it, like logically it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And people talk about that that Woj article where they said that KD isn't you know recruiting players and stuff like that. And people were saying that KD was the one that was leaking that. Why would KD tell on himself that he's not that, that that he's not helping to recruit people to come to Brooklyn? It, it like it doesn't make any sense. If at the end of the day, KD's goal is for Kyrie to come back, why would he? Why would he then simultaneously try to make it so that a lot more talent doesn't come doesn't come to where he is? Especially because he doesn't have any leverage with the Nets at the end of the day from a contract perspective. The dude is the dude is all locked in. So like I don't know. Like I just say a lot of the arguments as I said off the top. A lot of the arguments that I'm hearing people make just don't really add up and don't have logic. I'm sure I'll get you know comments from this podcast generally, but a lot of it just truly doesn't make that much sense to me. So I wanted to talk a little bit before I hang up about like kind of where the team goes if he were to leave. And I think if he does leave, I think that I mean unless he does this you know six million dollar thing with uh, with the Lakers, which would be a disaster for him financially both this year and moving forward because whoever goes for him, because the Lakers would even have bird rights in order to give him. Uh, uh, Max, as Yosi goes on from Hoops Hype said. So I just wanted to give some stats because I thought it was interesting. So if you look at the Nets over the last couple of years with KD uh, on the with KD on the court and with James Harden and Kyrie off the court, the 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 Nets players on the Nets have an unbelievable offensive rating and also a great defensive rating. Um, the you know. KD is like a 116 offensive rating, 109 defense. David Duke, 123 offensive, 113 defensive. Patty Mills, 116 offensive, 107 defensive. Obviously, this isn't at a ton of time because there hasn't been that much. There hasn't been that, uh, that, that much time of that happening. But the net ratings of all of this is incredibly strong. They're all like plus 10, plus 8, plus 9. And even if you go to, um, and even if you go to last year when the team was, you know, had. Uh, or sorry, two years ago now, when there was no, when there was Katie and no Kyrie and no, um, and no Harden, where the sample size is even is even bigger, you know, KD had a plus fourteen net rating. Joe Harris had a plus eleven net rating. Jeff Green had a plus sixteen and a half net rating. Landry Shaman had a plus fourteen net rating. Bruce Brown had a plus twenty net rating. 
Jared Allen plus 7.6 net rating, Mike James plus 12 net rating, like this, uh, Blake Griffin plus 14 net rating. This is a team that knows how to win with KD as its best player, and 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 we're not even and, and and the big thing that we haven't even talked about is that if you substitute Ben Simmons into the James Harden role, this is a team that still is going to know how to win because KD knows how to win games, and this dude wins games and. And the stats have shown over time that even though Kyrie puts up unbelievably, unbelievably efficient numbers, from a pure winning perspective, he doesn't impact winning the way these other guys do. He, he's a ceiling raiser in the playoffs, a thousand percent. He, uh, but, but this notion that he makes his teammates better is just completely unfounded, and, it, and, and, and the stats themselves have shown it. And even, look, Durant's record with the Nets without Kyrie in his career is 32-14. and 14. Now, a lot of that probably is James Harden, but a lot of that also doesn't have Ben Simmons. A lot of that also doesn't have Joe Harris with, uh, with his injuries this year. So there's two ways that you can cut this. And all of what, what this shows is that this team knows how to be sustainable when Kevin Durant is on the floor. And we haven't even seen Ben Simmons. We haven't seen Joe Harris. This team has um, picks to trade. They actually have assets with some of their young guys and with sign-and-trade possibilities with Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton. And the truth is is that if Kyrie ends up getting signed-and-traded, they're going to get something for him also. Like, you know, I saw, for example, I have no idea if this is going to happen. I think the sign-and-trade world is very weird, and a lot of the times I usually expect less to get back than what people expect. But, you know, someone mentioned, okay, well, what if you do Kyrie for Hero and Lowry and a pick? Like, Hero is like Hero is a, a six man of the year go to scorer who has who has been in a really good system and would come in and I think would really be able to flourish, um, especially especially off the ball from uh, from from Simmons and having KD there. And Hero has obviously played with Jimmy Butler, who's great, but he's never played with someone who demands as much offensive attention as Durant does, or even. Even someone like 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 Prime Simmons in a way, um, and getting a guy like Lowry, for example, who by the way, there's no one in the world that hates Kyle Lowry, the basketball player, more than me. I think he's dirty. I think he's cheap. I think he does. He basically stands for everything basketball-wise that I don't like. At the same time, and I think he was and he was terrible in the playoffs. A lot of that I think was due to his hamstring. Um, but I think if that man comes back in shape, he can still be a totally decent kind of Knicks-type level Raymond Felton, who's a table setter, which is kind of what the Nets need. They need a point guard. I know it's another small guard. They'll have to probably make deals that might involve Seth Curry or Joe Harris, whatever it is. But this team is going to replenish with talent if they if it, if they make some type of uh, some type of trade. And so, I don't know. I think, you know, I, I didn't want this podcast to go for more than 20 minutes. We're almost there. Um, I just think that this team generally – is not in as precarious of a situation as people think. I mean, look, as a as a as a neurotic Nets fan, I'm still on the edge of my seat, but I do think that this is not the doomsday scenario that a lot of people think. I actually think this there is there's ways for this to there's obviously ways for this to go bad. There's obviously but I also think there's ways for this to actually be um, an uh, an interesting change. And the other thing is like I do wonder at the end of the day if this team whether, whether you think it's Kyrie's fault or not, whether this team kind of needs a reset from Kyrie and maybe it will lead maybe it will lead to some type of a sigh of relief within the organization that this guy who clearly has butt heads with the GM and with the owner, maybe this will just kind of maybe both maybe both parties need to uh, go their separate ways. It was a situation where everyone was really excited. 
but it just hit a certain point where it shouldn't be here anymore. Um, I know that people think that if you lose a talent like Kyrie, it's it's over and there's nothing that that, that can be done. I, I just personally don't. I personally don't see that. I think the guy. I think the guy is great, and I think that Katie and Kyrie are two of the most talented players of all time. But I, to me, if there's any takeaway of this entire thing, if Kyrie gets traded, it makes the Ben Simmons thing the one of the biggest questions in the NBA going into the 22-23 season. Because that man, if he has his head on right and his back is straight, that guy can be the difference of of the Nets being a contender or not. Because I think as we all saw last year what the Nets really needed was a point guard and a guy who can set up the offense and also be a top flight uh, defensive stopper on defense and that is what prime Ben Simmons did and if you put it like for example if you put Ben Simmons in there and you put Tyler Hero in the in the Kyrie role it like I like I think that Kyrie is obviously much better than Tyler Hero but you're you you're at least still setting yourself up to to contend, in a, especially because I think the East is I think the East is good, but I think as we've seen, all these teams have flaws. Like even the Bucks, which who, who are going to be the heavy favorites, but you know all those guys are going to be a year older, like Middleton, uh, like Holiday. Um, you look at you know the Heat. I mean, obviously if they get Kyrie, who knows? Uh, Kyrie, Jimmy, and Bam is obviously a nice a, a, a nice trio, but they'll obviously lose depth. It would lose depth in a Kyrie trade. Um, uh, I think we'll see what happens with the Bulls. Um, we'll obviously see what happens with the Sixers. I think the way that they flamed out, even with Embiid's injury, you know, I think they have big issues with Harden. I just think that the East is pretty wide open, minus you know, unless Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton kind of show that they that they still ha- that they still can play at a top level, which we'll see after the Middleton injury and whatnot. But I'm just not I'm not totally sold yet that this whole that this Nets thing is a is a doomsday scenario. I think that it, I'll be very interested. I'll be I'm very interested to see what uh, what happens. So this was a. Uh, Solo Sam episode of Pod Thorn discussing Kyrie and where the Nets go from here. Um, as you can tell, I'm definitely a little nervous, but at the same time, I'm curious to see what happens moving forward. Pod Thorn out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.